and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. We have a very interesting show today. We're going to be talking about Octarian healing. And how I found this guest is quite interesting. It happened one night after a really intense Reiki session that I had with a client of mine. And in came these blue beings that I have worked with over the years. And after I spoke to one of our guests in episode 217, Scarlett Heimbach, she had talked about these blue beings, and she's trying to find other healers that have had connections with them. Um, So I decided to do more research, and I was trying to find pictures of what I saw on Google and searching the internet. And I came across Gene Eng. He is a PhD and has extensive uh, research, education, and background in science. Uh, He graduated, has a PhD from Yale University in neurobiology. Uh, a BA from Stanford University in human biology and philosophy and religious studies. And I go onto his website and he has all of these different uh, healings with the Octurians. And I just started to go into further research. And I really wanted to bring him on the show and have him as a guest because I have a ton of questions personally. And I know that um, our listeners just love this type of stuff to talk about. So Gene, welcome to the Path Love and Podcast. Thanks, April. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to this exciting interview. So probably very informative for myself, too. Yeah, and I was um, excited to see that you're in California, but I really wish you were in New York. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, listen, I don't even know where to begin in this, but let's, uh, let's start maybe just with your background and your schooling, because I really was impressed when I went, you know, to read about who you were and how you got into this, um, you know, that you had a lot of science background. And then all of a sudden, you know, here I am on your website, and it's these Octorian transmissions and healing self study. I'm like, wow, how does somebody go from that into this? So let's, um, let's let our listeners know a little bit more about your background. Yeah, I um, basically took a very traditional uh, biomedical uh, science education, um, was very interested in healing in general, and consciousness, you know, going into uh, my undergraduate studies. So at Stanford, I followed a pretty much a traditional uh, pre-medical path, uh, at least for the first year. Um, and they have a kind of a unique degree. It's called human biology, which is a little bit more interdisciplinary than your uh, traditional biology major. But around my sophomore year, I, I think I really had a internal change in terms of just um, going on to a more internal spiritual path. Uh, I began studying pretty extensively the Course in Miracles. Mm. And I would say that was, was probably the first um, major shift in terms of consciousness and looking at uh, other answers um, um, besides kind of the traditional uh, route, particularly around healing. Uh, I would say that would have to have been the kind of the awakening period uh, for me. Uh, So that was around my sophomore year. Um, But pretty much I was continuing to follow that traditional route, but I don't think I was really on that track anymore. And by my um, last year, that's where I uh, decided to do a double major uh, that you mentioned in philosophy and religious studies. And that was really just a manifestation of trying to study much broader topics such as consciousness and more inner uh, spiritual technologies, uh, if I kind of use that word. Um, but to kind of condense the story, uh, I eventually did um, apply for uh, neurobiology or neuroscience uh, degrees, advanced degrees. Uh, again, it was uh, a bit like trying to hold two paths. One was like a soul path to study these more uh, aspects of consciousness and healing while still following a very traditional route. Um, and I thought maybe that neuroscience, um, I was deciding between neuroscience and psychology but that neuroscience would uh, maybe give me that outlet. Uh, So then I entered that program uh, that you had mentioned uh, 
in a PhD at uh, Yale. And uh, the next kind of big note or change was after I finished the PhD and I was in my postdoctoral fellowship, I think I really then was able to embrace uh, more fully uh, the consciousness healing path. And I started to study with energy healers. So by the time I finished my postdoctoral fellowship, I was kind of at that crossroads of choosing either to continue a more traditional academic path or just embrace sort of this role as a healer or uh, energy healing. And, and that's where I chose to go into full-time uh, energy healing work. And then um, where that brought me in terms of the Arcturians, which was also kind of a like a full development of over seven years uh, from the time I started energy healing, uh, was um, basically there's three points. Maybe we can expand. I'll kind of bring this to a close. And we could expand on those points if that sounds interesting. But um, this was very intuitive. But I was basically heard a voice, uh, my intuitive voice, say that I was Arcturian. And what was interesting on a conscious level is I didn't even really remember where I had heard that word. Um, so this is when I was um, still in Connecticut, but studying energy healing and was in a postdoctoral fellowship. And I had to trace it back that I actually read a book when I started my uh, PhD or the year before I started. So that was nine years before I'd read a book by Joshua David Stone, who was an Ascension writer. And just somewhere in that book, he mentions awakened uh, extraterrestrials, and he mentions Pleiadians, Arcturians, and uh, Andromedans, and a number of them. But it completely passed my consciousness because I didn't have any framework back then for that. Uh, so for seven years um, since I started energy healing, I kind of explored what that meant, that I was Arcturian. Uh, and that eventually led me to... Um, in holding classes and doing um, energy healings more based on um, that interaction with that consciousness and those healing frequencies. Uh, there's there's a bit in there um, in those last seven years, but I'll kind of maybe uh, stop there. Okay, so um, the listeners might be thinking if they happen to go on your website, like, what does it mean that you're also Octorian? Because like, I'm looking mm -hmm. at your picture, you're a handsome man, you look like a regular human being, you have nice facial features. Like, um, I don't know if some people think like, uh, is he part alien, part human? Would he look different? But what does it mean to be um, Oct Octorian? Yeah, that's a great question. Um yeah, the way I kind of look at it is uh, less on the physical plane um, and more from maybe a conscious uh, consciousness connection. And and I think from the beginning, I had always felt that uh, it was more like a, a spiritual or consciousness uh, connection to uh, certain uh, energies or frequencies. So the way the path unfolded from that time of just getting that intuitive hit was um, kind of three points uh, when I look back at it. One was I um, start, I studied a healing modality called the reconnection, kind of was drawn to it intuitively. And that uh, was started by Eric Pearl, a chiropractor uh, out here in Los Angeles. But uh, he doesn't, uh, well, he does mention it. I don't know if he makes it um, sort of the emphasis of the modality, uh, but he mentions that it has a Palladian origin and Pleiades being another physical star system. Uh, and um, the way I think he and maybe I also refer to the Arcturians is more uh, from a spiritual level. Uh, but I was really drawn to that. And in particular, there's a process called the reconnection, which is a, a bit like a DNA activation or just consciousness shift activation. And from sort of this more traditional um, scientific materialist kind of framework that I was in, that process just for me opened me up to more interdimensional thinking or uh, thinking outside the box, um, connecting with spiritual realities and interdimensional beings. So that was a big shift for me um, personally. Um, yep. And then the, the next point was I started to study with Stephen Greer, who uh, also came out of science. He's an emergency physician, MD. But he's had a lot of uh, ET experiences since he was a young, a young boy. And what he's um, established, because he also became a meditation teacher, um, is a protocol to actually connect with uh, and call in extraterrestrial beings and ET ships. Uh, 
at Sacred Sites. So I did two or three trainings at Mount Shasta and Joshua Tree. And those particular meditations outdoors at these sacred sites, uh, plus just learning that technique, really opened up my consciousness further. And then the final connection, uh, personally, to make with the Arcturians was I did a fairly in-depth training with Michael Harner's um, Foundation for Shamanic Studies, uh, which just gave me certain tools, consciousness tools, uh, in particular shamanic journeying which within the shamanic tradition is a way to work with your spirit allies or sort of spiritual guides. And so that's how I, you know, see the Arcturians is I see them as uh, spiritual guides, much like a shaman might see like their power animal or the celestial beings who they work with uh, as um, kind of helping spirits. And so to answer your question, when I see that question or that I'm Arcturian, it's more like a, maybe a spiritual lineage or a consciousness um, resonance with that type of energy or frequency. Okay, great. And so when I was doing a little a more background research, I saw that Edgar Casey um, talked a lot about the Octorians. And I was, you know, trying to do some more research and understanding who they were. And I might be getting this wrong, maybe you can help me, but said that they are beings uh, connected to the fourth and fifth dimension. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So can you maybe yeah. give a little bit of background about um, the Octurians? Yeah, that's great. Um, actually, I hadn't, uh, you know, in that kind of path that I was talking, um, uh, come across Edward Casey's uh, uh, connection to the Arcturians or his readings on them. A, a very good friend who ended up taking a lot of the classes, uh, who's kind of a Edgar Casey scholar, so to speak, uh, brought that to my attention, uh, you know, a couple years in. Um, so with the dimensional aspect, um, I do use the framework of, you know, seven dimensional planes in uh, kind of in teaching the Arcturian healing method. But uh, from what you mentioned from uh, Edgar Casey, not knowing exactly how he might be um, defining the, the fourth and fifth but at least the sense is that it's um, non-physical, at least like the third dimension being a more uh, space-time or at least a spatial dimension, maybe the fourth being a, a temporal dimension and the fifth outside space-time. So uh, like maybe like you'd call it spiritual beings. So I definitely would resonate very closely to that model, like that Edgar Casey's mentioning that um, I'm not necessarily looking at uh, the Arcturians as physical beings, although, um, you know, they could or they could incarnate as spiritual beings into a physical body, um, or not really looking for physical ships, per se, but maybe things may, that appear in the night sky as like lights or uh, orbs of light, which I've, you know, I have seen and uh, done that type of research um, at the sacred sites. Um, so that's how I would see the Arcturians as sort of this um, non-physical uh, spiritual reality uh, that could be right here in our midst, but uh, not on a physical uh, level. Okay, and what what would you say is their mission? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the other thing that happened to me, just intuitive, was uh, particularly when I was receiving the downloads for the Arcturian healing method, was that I was um, uh, not guided so much to read a lot um, externally about the Arcturians, just just to see what I was receiving uh, directly. But what I found was a lot of what I was receiving was very um, similar to other um, uh, people who've become more public about their connection with the Arcturians. Uh, like you mentioned, Edward Casey, um, like Tom Kenyon, some people might know as a, a famous sound healer who's written a book on the Arcturians. But um, what I found is uh, they do have a very strong um, impulse or mission, if you would call it that, towards healing, about what like uh, Edgar Casey had seen. And I think that's why I resonate very closely with them because of that um, uh, interest or impulse, you know, starting maybe from high school uh, about being in healing. Uh, maybe serving others. And so I think that kind of resonance, uh, I feel very closely with the, the mission or the uh, purpose of why Arcturians um, are interacting or finding people, so to speak, um, who are you know, also finding them in their meditations um, or healing sessions, like you mentioned. Uh, so I think that's kind of at least um, either 
either their main focus or at least a, a big uh, focus is um, healing and service. Okay. Now, I know you probably can't really answer this question, but I remember when um, I was in a, a pretty deep meditation course for about five days listening to binaural beat uh, music and uh, with Tom Campbell, who our audience knows pretty well. He's a retired nuclear physicist from NASA and kind of has his his own theory of consciousness. And um, so I, like I said, uh, probably since 2008, 2009, I've had some experience with these blue people. I call them the blue people um, or blue aliens. And I did not know that there was Octorian or I really didn't know much about the different alien species, races, races and stuff like that. Um, but when I was in this meditation last year, I felt them in my room kind of working on my body. So I finally just asked, well, who are you? And the word that they gave me were the blue healers. So I know that you may not be able to answer this. Do you think I'm working with Octarian energy? Or is there, from what you know of, maybe another species race out there of the blue people or the blue healers that also infiltrate healings? Or is this, is this who I'm actually working with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a good um, uh, bet or sense that they, they probably are Arcturian. Uh, there are a couple of ways that you could do some internal checks, uh, but I'll just mention some things that kind of resonate or are very uh, similar. Um, one is uh, a lot of people who um, I've met who've come to like either classes or healing sessions knowing that I've done Arcturian work. Um, do mention they perceive the Arcturians as having the blue hue or vibration around them. Uh, I do see that. Uh, people might see other colors too. Um, so, but blue is really has been associated with the Arcturians. And uh, like I mentioned, I didn't even really check that my personally out of you know images on the internet of how the Arcturians had been depicted. Mm -hmm. So that's just been my own internal um, experience. And uh, the other thing is um, the fact that it was like in within healing and that you also are a healer. Uh, that, that's another um, sort of uh, strong resonance with the Arcturians. The, only, the other group that I haven't really um, uh, connected with, so I don't have really any direct personal experience, but I know uh, Corey Good, who's become uh, quite famous or well-known, uh, talks about the Blue Avians. Um, but I really... I don't so that's another kind of um, extraterrestrial group that has blue in it, okay. uh, but I haven't really connected to them as much. So I don't know their frequency, but um, so but just to mention uh, another blue group um, or blue where the blue shows up. Uh, the other way the internal check is like even within this talk or um, if you feel frequencies that um, might be distinguished as Arcturian. If that feels like a similar energy that you that you know approached you or worked with you, uh, that's another way to kind of check. Um, if there's a similarity is is more from the uh, frequency signature of something that you uh, would uh, kind of know that's uh, Arcturian and see if that kind of matches. Although that's not a hundred percent because I think each person uh, brings their own personal signature to those um, presentations. So it's, it's um, sometimes difficult to get a fully pure Arcturian uh, signature because it is usually coming through like, like, like uh, even when I would be bringing through Arcturian energies, um, there's still part of me there. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, so that wouldn't, so, but at least you can get close. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so another thing that drew me, um, you know, to your website too, as I was researching it and wanted to reach out to you is that you have these Octarian transmissions. You also have the Octarian healing method level one. And I was thinking, well, if these are really, you know, who I'm working with and who I'm seeing, this might be right up my alley as a healer to want to dive in. Like, I really just kind of feel like I've had a handshake with them. And, um, you know, I, I don't get freaked out, <laughs> you know, when they come in or see them, it's like, I, I work with them enough where I understand, um, you know, their energy. And when they come in, we're kind of all working together. And it's, it's really cool. It's like some of my 
just like it's so fun I guess you could say like when they when they show up during healing session I'm like yes they're here um because the healing session always seems to be so much you know more intense but like yourself I really haven't done a ton of research or read a lot on it at all it's just really been through my own intuitive experience and some of it you know you kind of keeping quiet about it because you're like who the heck is going to believe me and was this just my imagination and you know what is all of this about but I wanted to know a little bit more of what are these Octurian transmissions about um and maybe then we can go into talking about what this method is that you're teaching and why would somebody want a transmission or would a transmission be something for somebody like me um, to like go in and download uh, something that can maybe help me with more of this awakening or connection to this energy? Yeah, yeah, the, um, it's a wonderful question. And um, yeah, even uh, after about a year into um, this was uh, you know, starting to facilitate or teach the Arcturian healing method, I think at that point, um, maybe there, there was like one or two levels. Right now there's eight. Uh, kind of journeyed or asked Arcturians, like, what, what's the real reason or a deeper reason for holding the method? And this kind of maybe can help uh address or answer the question uh, that you're mentioning on a broader scale. And um, the answer sort of at least intuitively or what was inspired inside me was uh, it's like a physical platform here um, in the physical, you could call it 3D dimension, where people could connect um, not really only with the Arcturians, but more as a place that they could uh, accelerate their own spiritual DNA or development. And secondarily, if they did feel a connection to the Arcturians, they, they, you know, it would be somewhere in the physical world that they could make that connection. But to reemphasize that the connection is really um, direct to them, uh, like each person uh, kind of has their own direct connection. So, um, so some people might feel uh, drawn or, or helped, maybe is the best term, uh, by uh, receiving like an Arcturian transmission that uh, that I facilitated. Um, and that might help them to strengthen uh, that connection or um, confirm a connection that they have with the Arcturians, but just to reemphasize that the connection is just direct with them uh, and that they really don't need a, a middle person or middle uh, man or woman or tool in there, um, but it might help facilitate that. And then some of the, tra or most of the transmissions have a healing theme. So it's that those frequencies would facilitate a certain uh, maybe healing intention uh, based on kind of the description. And that was kind of a, a secondary purpose for the transmissions. Uh, so that's, that's maybe how it could be used, seen as a tool to help someone on their path. Okay, great. And can you explain a little bit about the Octarian healing method? Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I was on there, I was like, wow, learn to shift a conditions dimension to a more optimal one you have on your website. And, uh, you know, the thing that kind of had my head spinning a little bit, create a spin torsion field to manifest or demanifest conditions. So I'm like, whoa, what's that about? Um, so can you describe a little bit more about what this healing method is? Yeah. So, yeah. So the healing method is inspired by the Arcturians or uh, my connection with them. And I've, uh, I utilize the Arcturian, um, the shamanic journey to make uh, that kind of inner spiritual connection with them and receive on a more conscious level, I guess, in an altered state with the, the shamanic drumming, um, the information for each of the levels and the type of uh, frequencies. So it's, it's a bit like a systematic way to um, almost like categorize different healing frequencies that are uh, brought in or connected with the Arcturians. So, um, people who might be in a healing role who wanted to uh, have other healing frequencies they could use. Uh, that would be one purpose of the Arcturian healing method. Uh, and then the other one that I mentioned, that's a more general one. Maybe not a person might not necessarily label or see themselves as a, a healing facilitator. But the method is a kind of a time for people where they could come and be in a certain uh, intense, more accelerated energetic um, container, like let's say for the two days of the training or, or more, and but to unlock their own uh, spiritual potentials that may or may not have anything to do with kind of the form of healing, but it may be like their particular uh, spiritual path. 
Um, so I kind of see that as um, two of the reasons, two of the main reasons for the Arcturian healing method. Okay. And are you noticing people that come to you, right? So if you're connected to the Arcturians, are there specific physical ailments that you kind of feel is the Arcturian specialty where you have a lot of people coming to you with certain conditions um, or maybe there's certain seekers for spiritual healing? But I'm just wondering if you're noticing any pattern of people that you see in your practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, one maybe more relevant, um, like as a subcategory, but very relevant to um, the story you shared and uh, that I'm seeing is uh, the Arcturians seem to be appearing and, and very um, relevant to my own story, seem to be appearing to people in their meditations or healing sessions. And they don't know exactly who uh, they're clairvoyant or sensitive um, enough to know that there is um, like a entity or a spiritual being independent of their own self uh, who's like here helping them or or just appearing in their meditation um, that may have the blue color or, or just something that's characteristic of them. And then later on, they find out that they maybe on an internet search that, you know, I think these are Arcturians and then they uh, find their way to, to, to one of my classes. So this, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, when you mentioned your story, I'm like, wow, this is uh, maybe this is a, you know, there's a trend. Um, and uh, so maybe there's a type of, and what's just really synchronistic was uh, a person when we, the last week when we were uh, going to have um, the uh, scheduled interview, I was in Singapore actually at the time holding a class and, uh, that's exactly uh, how the person found the class. Was uh, she's a yoga nidra teacher, and, she, and during one of her own uh, sessions, uh, found these blue beings like peering in to her consciousness space. Uh, so, I feel like on a more global scale, the reason I bring up the the fact that I was outside the United States is on a global scale. Uh, I think people, perhaps maybe on the leading edge of consciousness or in some type of service role, uh, the Arcturians, um, not in an intrusive way, but uh, are making a connection to see if that could uh, help uh, in that person's path. Um, so I'm finding finding that to be maybe a, a, um, a very important, not to say the uh, majority of people are coming that way, but probably a very important trend that seems to be emerging globally. And and what would you say to people maybe who find this to be a little wacky, maybe the skeptics, or maybe mm-hmm. even people who are curious mm-hmm. but afraid and fearful mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, dabble into this, like, hmm, sounds interesting, but I don't know, you know, they might have fear around this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely have been in that camp, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> about nine years ago or so, like, uh, or, uh, when I was, uh, actually in my postdoctoral fellowship, um, I can definitely understand because someone had, I went to maybe my first retreat. I was still at Yale at the time and, uh, interested in spirituality. Uh, and someone said, you know, I, I know this uh, modality called Reiki and I do you want do you want me to do some for you? And I was like, no, no, thanks. Uh, so, I mean, I was, uh, you know, really uh, a big skeptic. Um, so uh, what I would say maybe to the skeptic is, I think it's, I think it's good in this uh, day and age to be, um, uh, I don't know if skeptic is the right term, but um, discerning. Uh, I think that's important, um, both from someone who might be seasoned in spirituality as well as someone new. And so I wouldn't say to rush anything and to kind of follow uh, sort of where you're at and how you feel. And if it sort of doesn't really resonate or feel right um, to follow that and respect that. Uh, I think to the person who's sort of uh, the second uh, condition where maybe they're, you know, interested, but it does maybe feel like, am I I getting into something that um, maybe is not positive or uh, or kind of like you mentioned, scary. Uh, what I would say is also to respect that feeling um, and that sense. Um, what I found with the Arcturians, they're very respectful of people's free will. I think that's the very first thing um, and kind of non-intrusive. Uh, so 
uh, it took me seven years from that time, uh, and I was already uh, studying with energy healers, uh, from hearing that intuitive voice, which was maybe a very subtle uh, tap on the shoulder, to uh, you know holding my first um, Arcturian, like group Arcturian healing class. So I think uh, even though it seemed very rapid, and I went through a lot of rapid consciousness changes. Uh, it was still a, a process of sort of me uh, exploring it rather than some force kind of um, pushing me. And that uh, it is more a process rather than one like single event. Yeah. So it took about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's a process. And I have my personal experiences is with their energy. It's very sweet, very gentle, very kind, very loving. Um, you know, when I have those sessions myself, I always feel great after I give, you know, an energy session. Um, but it just, it's a different feeling when, when they come in and, you know, I had another person that did a reading for me and she had said to me exactly what you just said about the free will. She goes, they know that you're open to working with them, but you still think it's a little weird. <laughs> she yeah. said, so she goes, you have to give them permission to come into your sessions. They want to work for They want to work with you more, but they need you to give them permission. So I remember one week I was trying to remind myself because usually, you know, it's just, you know, start my sessions, you know, have my own little method. And this one week I was like, oh yeah, she said, give them permission. I said, okay, okay, blue beings, I give you permission to help me if you'd like to show up for this session. And I remember that week just being wild. And uh, so, yeah, when you're saying it's, it's kind of a bit of a process, I think too, for being in the third dimension as a healer, as I am having these experiences, it's almost like, okay, that was cool for about seven days. Let me just take a quick break. <laughs> Let me process what happened. Um, let me try to understand it a little bit. And then it's kind of like, then go back in, you know, and experience a little more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I, I felt. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I noticed too, and again, I haven't done any uh, real research on this, um, but you also have in when you're learning the method to apply Octarian symbols and you can be given mm -hmm. a specific Octarian symbol. Now, mm -hmm. I, let's see, maybe this might have been more like five years ago, you know, as a healer too, I think uh, other healers will agree with me. There really is an evolution. And I think some of it is our own, you know, maturity and consciousness and probably the consciousness system kind of determining, like, are you ready to have access to this other dimension or to this information? Like, are you ready to hold it? And I remember about five years ago, I started seeing these energy grids and uh, around people. And I had no, no idea what they were, but I'd come home and I would draw them. And I had heard stuff about sacred geometry, but I never read a book on it and I never researched it, even though I love geometric shapes. And so finally, you know, I did a couple of Google searches. I was like, oh my God, that's like exactly what I saw. You know, what is that? So, and I don't know if this is similar to the Octarian symbols, but sometimes when they do come in, I will also see some geometric uh, patterning or shapes. And I my experience has been that they kind of work along this grid system and one very visual thing that I can remember, it was almost as if the my client who was on the table, uh, if you were to lay a bunch of really long fluorescent light bulbs over their body, but they were more like lines of energy, but if you can envision it as being like these long fluorescent light bulbs, it was almost as if they were taking out the ones that were uh, blown out and then relighting mm -hmm. up and putting new ones in. Um, and then with that, I would also see kind of different, different shapes that would come in too. So these symbols that you kind of mention on, on your website here, are they different than sacred geometry and what's your experience with the symbols? Oh yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would follow that path. That's uh, fascinating, um, information download you're receiving and just from, my own sense of, of things. Um, but uh, just a really quick question. Were you familiar with that uh, modality I mentioned, the reconnection? Just as a quick... No. Uh, I just, okay. Well, what's really fascinating is uh, that process that I got called the reconnection that helped me, uh, you know, really shift forward in terms of becoming interdimensional 
in in my my I guess outlook or consciousness directly. Uh, they do talk about these same. It's uh, actually a process that connects. They call them axiotonal lines. They're like fifth dimensional grid lines in your body. That um, yeah, it's, uh, I can give you a reference for for that. Um, but uh, that are um, that were connected to uh, to a greater grid system of the universe, and they call those lines axial lines. And so that particular process is, you know, maybe it's also, like I said, influenced by the Pleiadian beings, uh, is a way to strengthen our and uh, our those lines, um, our personal ones, to the greater grid line, uh, so that you can receive more of your own light and information. Is the way they call um, kind of phrase it. So, um, so that's really cool that you're seeing that directly without, you know, maybe even having known about them. Um, the more to the symbols and the Arturian influence. Um, yeah, I think the the way I look at uh, shapes or symbols is as a form of what I call packed information. It's a bit like um, like you could write out uh, sentences, um, or it could all come down, or and you know as PDF files, or you could transfer like millions of PDF files as like a um, somewhat of immediate like terabyte download from a server. And so the that that zipped file is more like how I see um, symbol symbols as um, packed information, and the Arcturians do work that way. And I found in general, uh, spiritual beings and um, uh, if you want to call a classification of star beings, work with a lot of symbols uh, with people as a as a form of this um, energy information transfer, uh, and uh, just as a more specific way. Um, I did like ask the Arcturians for um, basically a symbol that would help people like in the class uh, or um, just in general um, connect with them more like as a resonance tuner. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like a cell phone number. Like if you connect with the symbol, then you're sort of uh, connecting with the Arcturian consciousness. Um, and, I, and symbols in general can be used that way to connect with uh, different spiritual beings. I kind of found that out more consciously later, that that is a technique that um, uh, esoteric groups or spiritual practitioners have used to connect with um, spiritual beings is through a symbol that's given to them uh, by, by that spiritual group or, or being. Great. Good to know. You just gave me a great idea to maybe even just go into my own meditation and ask for that symbol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, I still have so many more questions. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at my, my clock and it says 11.11. So I also, um, so, you know, we're, we're, we named our company Path 11 for various reasons of repetition of 11.11, 1.11. I also saw, I think, somewhere that I read that the number 11 is connected to them as well. And I know on one of your transmissions, you have the Octarian code and it's priced $111. So I was just curious, is there any connection between the number 11 and this energy? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I haven't thought of that uh, as a direct connection, although um, I have had, like you mentioned, a number of uh, uh, events and uh, like the pricing and um, and then the 11.11 is coming up uh, Monday. Uh, which I think is also a full moon. And I happen to um, organize a, um, an online um, Arcturian transmission that's 1111. <laughs> so, so somewhat subconsciously, uh, without consciously, uh, I just may be resonating also with those numbers. Um, and may, so maybe there is, which is kind of more a beautiful way that it kind of expresses itself uh, on a subconscious level uh, or just maybe a net natural without thinking about it level. Uh, there is an association between the Arcturians and uh, the 11 and or one uh, repeated. Um, but I haven't unpacked that so much consciously as um, uh, like as a part of the method, let's say, or uh, directly. But uh, it does seem to um, show up, a, uh, like you mentioned or pointed out uh, yeah. in the in the method. <laughs> All right, well, keep your eyes open for that. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I know you're saying last week you were in Singapore, and I guess this is more of like... Um, 
you know, the business side of me, and maybe you can help me a little bit with this, or maybe the Octurians have to help me with this, because are, are you really able to, do you do this full time for a living? And the reason why mm-hmm. I ask that is because, you know, I'm a little bit in the midst of that struggle of, you know, having this career, you know, the master's degree, the license in mental health counseling, yet I have this whole other side of me. And the more, um, you know, the more years and experience that I have in being a healer, uh, the mental health therapy seems to be an excellent foundation to be able to work with people in that capacity and in their lives and, you know, just what they're working through on the third dimension. But uh, this other part of me is becoming to become more of the whole. And I think probably many healers may struggle a little bit with, well, how do we move away from that full-time job that pays the bills? And can a career in really being a healer 100% of the time really support this third dimensional lifestyle. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if you had any, you know, is this really what you're doing full time? And does the work support you? Or do you find that most of us in the world have to kind of have this, you know, this working lifestyle job, and then being these part time healers on the side? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great question. And, and um, three dimensional, uh, you know, really here and now um, uh, question, particularly for healers and light workers to do their service. Um, yeah, so I'll just kind of speak from my experience and, you know, see if that might uh, open up some ideas for people, um, knowing that everyone sort of has their own unique uh, path. Uh, I am doing this full time. Um, let's see, in 2000 and maybe seven or eight, um, when I had that, I mentioned this choice point between going into uh, either healing or like the more traditional, it would probably have either been another postdoc or like an assistant professorship. Um, I I chose to go full-time into healing. Um, And so what I found is um, it did support um, what I think helps maybe in a really 3D level is where the healing sessions and even my the classes don't have to be the main source of income. And what happened naturally <clears throat> is that, um, and I think it helps with the, um, the online internet, is if you can create a product, um, you know, like you mentioned those transmissions, right. um, or do some, uh, you know, that really comes from you and, and the energy. Um, and uh, and the um, online capacity of doing uh, sessions or uh, group uh, type work uh, online or holding your classes online where more people can be reached. Uh, that uh, really opened up like a stream of income that, that then didn't make um, like, you know, solely um, relying on uh, paid hourly healing sessions or uh, even classes like physical classes. Uh, because that has a limit, a cap, particularly the um, the healing sessions. You can only see so many people a day. Right, exactly. Whereas, yeah, like, you know, even a low-priced product um, that, you know, just maybe somewhat gets takes on or people, you know, really like, uh, you know, could be even like a, a $5, $10 ebook uh, That really opens up an, a stream of uh, revenue that could really support your um know your livelihood in this in this poll yeah and that makes a lot of sense too because part of the shift um is that for me i began to continue to get the message and i'm continuing to get the message um and that's what i love about this podcast too is more about how can you serve more people in the same amount of time you know it's like like you said if you're doing a one-on-one session that's one person for an hour or maybe 90 minutes and here we are we're speaking for a good hour and we can reach you know thousands and thousands of people and and then some because you know podcasts they're they're out there forever um you know in this one hour, but it can touch so many other people. So that's, I kind of am feeling that call that, you know, there's more people that need the services, but you have to find a way to get it out there outside of the individual session. So thank you for um, answering that because that just gives me a little more, a little more confidence and like, yep, okay, I'm hearing it. That's, that's what makes sense. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So 
as we're kind of wrapping up here, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find your information, your online classes, um, you know, what you have coming up in towards the end of 2019 and moving into 2020. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my website is uh, is www.jeanang g e n e a n g just one word uh, dot com, and eventually though there is a domain uh, Arcturian Healing Method that may be in mid twenty twenty that will come out. Um, sort of more just focused on um, uh, the Arcturian Healing Method, uh, but uh, there's an events page um, and some uh, more info more informative uh, kind of web pages on on the first the genang.com uh website and um i do like you mentioned i uh, i do have some online classes like in the arcturian healing method uh like the level one is posted there uh but i do it's pre- uh, predominantly a in-person class and um uh, i do teach on the east coast um i know uh, listeners probably are all over around the world uh but i do <clears throat> teach on the east and west coasts predominantly of the united states and then have started to travel outside the United States to uh, places like Greece and Switzerland and uh, Russia. And I mentioned uh, some places in Asia, Singapore um, and China. So, um, yeah, so mostly it's that um, events page. I try to keep that up to date on the genang.com website. Okay, great. Well, I'm so glad I found you or they brought me to you. However, this <laughs> happened. Um, it's I know that my listeners who have been following the podcast for a while know that I get really excited when somebody talks about the blue healers, or the, you know, <laughs> the blue people. Um, and I've also shared the story a couple of times that really my awakening to it was when I saw the movie Avatar. Um, because I had been working with this blue energy, blue people, I'll call them. Um, and then when the movie Avatar came out, I said, oh my God, I know that color. That's the color. That's, that's the color of these beings that, you know, come in. And I remember crying at the end of that movie. And I was like, I just want to go home wherever that is. I just like felt such a connection with that whole entire story and the color there. And I, I was just kind of blown away by it. So um, I'm definitely enjoying this journey. And I would encourage people who are listening that are open to learning more about it. Um, I think, Jean, like what you said, what's kind of, I think, better as a learning tool is to go into yourself first. And you might agree with that, you know, see, see if you could just find the information out for yourself, have the experiences within your own meditation, set the intention, uh, maybe to connect, see if they would like to come in, give them permission, um, and then maybe go on and do some research. But I always find that when you have an inner knowing, and you collect experiences and then do the research for validation. Uh, I, that's the process that I really enjoy. Oh, yeah, I definitely would agree with that. that um, and I found that in my own uh, path and experience. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And also, before we let you go, too, you said that you had um, a reference for me, and maybe there might be other uh, healers out there that have no idea what the reconnection method is, but have also experienced mm. something similar. So what what is um, the reference to that again? Yeah, the, um, I don't know if you, uh, you know J.J. Hurtock and his wife, um, Desiree Hurtock, but J.J. Uh, Hurtock wrote a book, I believe it was published in, first in the 70s, but it's become a little bit like a Bible for light workers, but it's called the um, Keys of Enoch, the um, Book of Knowledge. And it's basically uh, 64 chapters, or he calls them scrolls, of his interaction with the being Enoch. Uh, he doesn't call it channeled material, but um, sort of it's revelation that he had with this being. And uh, the reconnection is based on two of those chapters, uh, 314 and 317, just as a reference. But if you check out that book, uh, so that's where this term axiotonal lines, which is the the fifth dimensional grid line in a person's um, a human system, and then the axial lines that those are the grid lines of the universe, or you know, to 
uh, like our planet and out to other star systems. That's where those terms are coined or or um, are brought in. But when you read that book, um, you connect with those different spiritual realities. So it's a bit like um, just as a, a little bit like a warning or um, is when you read it, you may like not understand anything you read, uh, even though it's in English, uh, because it's a download. It's like, but you, you'll you feel an energy, particularly if you know, you're just aware of it or sensitive to it. So um, you kind of like read one or two pages every day. It's that type of book, but you'll be receiving um, like huge downloads. And, and I guess I would add that as the fourth thing that helped transform my consciousness uh, during that period of like learning about what the Arcturians were to me is I read that book. Uh, it's like maybe a 400 uh, page book uh, cover to cover, but really slowly uh, like uh, like two or three pages a day. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. Cause you probably don't even know it, but I, you're going to open up a whole nother world for me by me <laughs> reading this book. And so cool that I never heard of this, had no idea. And for you to know about it and hear and know maybe what I was seeing without even knowing that I knew what I was seeing is so cool. I'm so excited. So, uh, Jean, this was an awesome, uh, conversation. Thank you so much. I hope we can keep in touch. Um, you know, please always think of us. We'd love to have you back on on our show here and maybe go even further in depth with, with this topic. So thanks for being a guest on the Path 11 podcast. Oh, thanks so much. This is a great talk, too, and I really enjoyed it and hope uh, uh, the listeners also enjoyed it. But thank, thanks for also sharing your stories. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out of body experiences and life changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today.